Second Timothy chapter number one. Second Timothy chapter number one. I'd like to begin reading in verse number six. Sometimes with God's word, it's, it is as if it just carpet bombs the enemy. Just boom, 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 boom. And then there's sometimes I feel like the Lord just has a strategic target in mind. And I feel like there's someone here tonight. You need to hear from heaven. And as they sung, he'd do it all over again just for you. He'd reach out for you. And in a congregation this size, he's not afraid to leave 99 and find one. I can assure you that. And he knows your need. He knows what you're fighting. He knows what you're facing. And he cares. 2 Timothy 1, verse number 6, God's word, it reads like this. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of mine hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want to, I want to preach tonight for just a little while if the Lord had helped me simply on this thought. Facing fear with faith. Facing fear with faith. I need to hear, you need to hear, we all need to hear from heaven. Come on, let's say amen. God, have your way, speak through your word, God. Speak your divine word into our hearts tonight. Jesus, let it go forth. It will not return void. God, I pray, God, Lord, release your divine anointing. Release your divine unction. God, release your divine power to come by and minister like only the Lord can in this place tonight. You know what families are fighting you know what fathers are fighting. You know what men and women are facing in this house. And I pray, God, Lord, let there be power that overcomes every attack of the devil. God, let there be power that destroys every work of the enemy. And I carefully give you praise. I carefully give you glory. And ask you to meet us around these altars tonight. And for this, we carefully give you the glory and the praise. In Jesus' holy, omnipotent, mighty name. In Jesus' name. We do pray. And everyone in the house of the Lord said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in God's house this evening. So many years ago, we had an American president that unfortunately not only shaped his generation, but many generations to come with this simple one phrase. I begin, I could, I believe I could begin that phrase and you could probably finish the phrase. It goes simply like this. We have nothing to fear but... Fear itself. Very good, history majors. That's right. Now, friend, as you say that, it just kind of flows off the lips and just the cadence of it just sounds so beautiful. But I don't know if I really agree with those words because so long as there's bank robbers and rattlesnakes out there, there is something to be afraid of. Amen. The Lord wisely puts inside of you and me a productive fear to let us know when something may be wrong, when we need to get out of a place, when we need to saturate some 
place with our absence, and that is a productive fear. The Lord lets you know you don't need to be there. You don't need to be around that. And he stirs something inside of you, and you say, man, I got to get out of here. That's wisdom. That's mercy. That's the goodness of the Lord. That is a productive fear. Can someone say amen? In fact, the Bible speaks about this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, beginning of knowledge. Beloved, don't tell me you know God if you don't fear God. You don't have a first grade education about the Lord if you have not begun to learn about the fear of the Lord. Say amen, somebody. I know we live in a world that says, no, brother, that's just, I don't want to know about the fear of God. I just want to know about the love of God. Wrong, beloved. The man that fears God the most is the man that loves God the best and the man that loves God the best will fear God the most the fear of God and the love of God are not competing they are completing you can't have one without the other don't tell me a man loves God unless he fears God. Beloved, I remind you what the Bible said. Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. We need to have a healthy, holy, reverential fear of the Lord. Can you say man? There is such a thing as a productive, positive fear. Can I tell us tonight, dear beloved, that's not the type of fear that Paul is addressing in his second epistle and final epistle to Timothy. Paul is not referring to a productive fear. Paul is referring to a destructive fear. Paul is referring to a fear that stultifies, that paralyzes men and women. They cannot move forward. They cannot think straight. They cannot make clear decisions. They cannot, they cannot, they can't. And that's all they can say is I cannot and I cannot. And beloved, hear me. It is a spirit. And here's what Paul does for you and me tonight. He pulls back the curtains and reveals what's behind it. And he lets us know that ain't the German on your mother's side. It ain't the Irish on your daddy's side. It is a spirit. It is a spirit. It is a spirit. It tries to kill. It tries to attack. It tries to destroy. You've got to recognize it. You've got to rebuke it. You've got to replace it with power, love, and a sound mind. He pulls it and says, Timothy, you need to see something, son. It is a spirit. It doesn't mean the boy is demon-possessed. No. But what it does reveal to you and me is this. There is a very unseen world out there that tries to attack in very sinister ways. And it's not by might. And it's not by power. But you need the Spirit of God to stand your ground and to say, as for me and my house will not be run by that spirit of fear now there's there's phobias that's what they call that's the Greek word phobia for fear it's phobias for everything today they have absolute hundreds of lists of chronological phobia there's a there's agoraphobia which is a fear of open places there's a claustrophobia a fear of closed in places I'm not even exaggerating when I say this there is actually a phobophobia You ain't got nothing else to fear, just fear fear. 
What are you afraid of? I don't know, just fear. But friend, that's how fear works. Product of fear. It's almost like when that, when that big storm comes in and Brother Jones, the lightning flashes and the thunder rolls and the rain drops and the wind blows and you know it's there. And man, your heart's beating. But then just give it a little time, Brother Austin, and the clouds move away and the sun shines again. That's not how the spirit of fear works because it's not just as if it's an immediate storm. It is more like a fog that covers your mind and you don't see where it starts and you don't see where it is and you don't even know how it got there. You got to recognize. You got to say, wait, that's a spirit. That's the enemy. That's the enemy. He's trying to attack. He's trying to dismantle. You take up holy arms. You get covered again and say, Lord will not stand by and let the enemy take way. And you try to ask them. You say, well, what's wrong? And they shrug their shoulder and they go, I don't know. When did it start? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I just know, brother Justin. I just know it's there, and I just know that when I go down the road, that's all I can think. Your mercy! It is a spiritual attack. Get a hold of that thing. Quit blaming it on everybody else, and get prayed through. It is not for the Holy Ghost in this house. It is not relatively harmless. It is dangerous. It is destructive. It is disabilitating. And the Bible speaks of what's known as the bondage of fear. And by the help and grace of God tonight, I want to God somebody would leave this house saying the Lord has made me free. The Lord has renewed my mind. The Lord has renewed my mind. He's given me freedom. He's given me peace. He's given me sound mind. Somebody Give him praise. Friend, there is a connection. And the Bible shows us there is a connection between fear and forgetfulness. People begin to forget the blessings of God. When they allow the spirit of fear to overtake their lives. Wherefore he says, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Now beloved, hear me tonight. Timothy is a gifted young man. He's an anointed young man. He's got a work to do. But Paul sees him and he sees something's wrong. And he says, wait a second. I cannot let you go down that road. Come here, son. Is that all right? I'll be Paul. That's an upgrade for both of us. I promise. <laughs> and here they lay hands on him. And God anoints that man. And God's got a call and an anointing on his life. But then winds begin to blow. 
And then storms begin to take place. And then trials begin to take place. And before you know it, the man that was here is now somewhere way over there. And here is the Apostle Paul. And he looks around and he says, wait one second. That ain't where I left you, boy. That ain't where I... And so, so he says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you back in remembrance. I'm going to bring you back to where you were. I'm going to put you back to where you prayed through, to where you touched God. And I'm telling somebody, you need to remember. You need to come back. You need to pray it through again. Can you give him praise? I put you in remembrance. What did the Lord say? What did the Lord promise you? What did the Lord speak? I put you in remembrance. I bring the scripture back to your mind. I bring the service back to your mind. I let you know he's able. I let you know he's worthy. Somebody say amen. Paul says, I didn't, Timmy, I didn't leave you there, son. I didn't bring you back there. He says, get back up here. I put you in remembrance. I put you in remembrance. The Lord has spoke to some of you. The Lord has given promise. The Lord has spoke to your life. But somewhere through the fog and somewhere through the trial, you begin to forget the promise of God. I've taught at that Bible school years now, Mercy. There was a young lady one year, and she was a valedictorian. And I wasn't there, but I heard about it. Help me again. You're doing a good job. I don't know if her mom and dad was even saved. I didn't even ask. But they said when her daddy came on campus, she got her dad by the hand, and she said, Dad, Dad, come, 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 come to the chapel with me. And he walked in that chapel, and she said, Dad, come here, come here, Dad. She said, it was right, it was right over here that God healed me. And she said, come, come, come here, come here. She said, Dad, it was right over here where the Lord called me into missions. And then she started walking him through every last place. The Lord gave her. Listen, it may not be a physical building, but I'm telling somebody, you need to have a walk back down that promised land. I'm putting you in remembrance. If he said it, he would do it. If he said it, he would do it. If he said it, he would do it. Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. Lord, we remember. We remember the goodness of the Lord. We remember the promises of God. Here is a man in prison writing to a man that's free. And yet the man that's free is in prison. And the man that's in prison is free. I'm telling you, there's folks in prison, not behind bars, but right up here. Right up there. Right up there. 
And every promise that God ever spoke to your family begins to try to be washed away. I'm telling God, He's putting somebody in remembrance tonight and said, I said my word is yea and amen. I've spoken to you and it'll go forth and not return void. Somebody needs to grab a hold of the promise and say, just like Paul said, I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded he's able to keep what I've committed unto him. Two thousand, I guess, eighteen, maybe nineteen. I'm there in Ukraine, and I meet a man, Brother Brown. His name's Brother Stephen Stefan. He said, "When I was a young man, they threw me in the KGB prison for seven years for preaching the gospel." And at first, I thought, "Man, that young man had to be scared out of his wits." And I asked him, "I said, what about your family? What about your wife, your children?" He smiled at me, Brother Jones. He said, "No." I was a young man. I was not married. I only asked God for one thing. Father, bring me new souls to witness to every week. He said, KGB, arrest me. Give me three meals a day. Nice place to sleep. Guard outside of my door. And new souls to preach to every single, every single week. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If he promised he'll come through. I don't know how it's going to come through. I don't even know what it's going to look like when it gets there. But his word is yeah. And it is amen. Power, not fear. Power, 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 love, some. Friend, if you're feeling fearful over it, it's because somewhere in your mind you believe you don't have the resources adequate to meet that. Now, when I was a boy, I have an old brother, an older brother, he's about two and a half years older than me. Marty's his name. Well, we're, I love Marty, man. We're, we're, we're close brothers. And I shouldn't be because I was just, I was, a, you know, you're not going to believe this, Brother John, but what I, what I lacked in size, I made up for in mouth. He just, <laughs> trust me. I'm glad God sanctified it. <laughs> I mean, an annoying little. <laughs> no, can't help me, brother. You be Marty, okay? I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> My apologies to you on Marty's behalf. Okay. Marty is bigger than me. So here's what I'd do. I'd look at that guy, and man, I'd... That's back when I was building my testimony, boys. I ain't telling you to do that. I'd say, man. I'd say, brother, this is, man, you must have got a lot of them scraps. Well, it ain't me. It's you. <laughs> I'd look, and then I'd look at Marty, and I'd look at them, and I'd say, they can't take Marty. <laughs> Now, if they could take Marty, I was smart enough to keep my mouth shut. Say amen. <laughs> common sense. Now, friend, I ain't telling you to go out there and pick no fight with the devil. But I do want to remind you this. He that is in me is still greater than he that's in this. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, you look over at the power of the Holy Ghost and you say he cannot defeat the indefeatable power of God. He lives in me. He walks in me. I'll not believe that wicked report. I'll believe the report of the Lord. I'll trust in the unchanging hand of an unfailing God.
within me. By the way, if you're in this house tonight and you're not saved, you have every right to be afraid. <laughs> and if you don't want to get saved, I ain't about to try to talk you out of it neither. <laughs> If you don't want to get saved, there ain't nothing I can do for you. But if you want to get saved, you don't have to live in that fear. If you want to get, you don't have to live in that bondage. And if you are born again, why don't you open up your eyes and see that he's with us? You don't have to be in that. Here's what he does. He wants to see. He's given you and me power. And scriptures come to our heart. It says, for by thee I have run through a troop, and by my God have I leaped over a wall. Hallelujah. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength of my life. And whom shall I be afraid? I'm just trying to tell somebody tonight, I would that you would remember what the Lord once promised you. There's a connection between fear forgetfulness there's a connection between fear and failure in verse number 8 be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor me as prisoner but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God now why would Paul pen such words why would he feel the necessity to tell a young Timothy be not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. Now, I'm not saying it's yay, yay, or nay, nay, but many scholars, and this is hard, this is difficult for us to understand, because we think, boy, if the Apostle Paul came to church Thursday night, we'd say, Brother Estes, I'm glad you're here. No offense, but Paul's preaching tonight. You know what I'm saying? Just, that's okay. That's fine. You know, nobody. It's okay. Believe me, I'd rather him preach too. You know? But it's not always like that for Paul. In fact, he goes on in the epistle and speaks about all Asia's forsaken me. And many scholars would even point to the fact that perhaps even a young Timothy under pressure may have come to the place where he says, uh, Paul, I, uh, I know Paul, but I don't, you know, I don't really know Paul. You know, hey, friend, fear will make you let down the ones that need you the most. When people are leaning on you, fear has a way of you letting them down when they need you the most. And I don't know who it was, but I do know this. There's a whole lot of folks out there that back up on Paul when Paul needs them best. Because somewhere in the back of their mind, they're thinking to themselves, man, this is the end of the road. They don't understand there's a world to claim. There's a heaven, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. All I'm telling somebody is you can allow that fear to stay in your mind and you will not function and you will become pre-wired to fail. People say, well, I, uh, I, 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 I would testify, but I'm so afraid. Uh -huh. Let me tell you something. You're never going to testify. Right. Right. I would, but I'm so scared. You'll never do it. Right. Brother Estes, what if I get up and forget a few words? Hello, join the club. 
Somebody said, well, you're supposed to be anointed. I'm anointed, but I ain't inspired, okay? I mean, here's every now and again, I try to think of that word, and I go, somebody help me. You know what we do? We pick ourselves back up. We pray through the next morning as well and get back behind that pulpit and give it everything we got again. Listen, I'm sorry last time you sung, you missed a note and you forgot a verse, but that ain't enough to quit singing. And that, come on, don't you back up. That ain't enough to quit praising. That ain't enough to quit singing. Some of you could sing. Come, some of you could testify. Some of you could be used. But until you get over that fear, you're never going to find the anointing God has for you. They could, but they don't. They could, but they won't. Years ago, a woods, there was a young lady come up to my wife. She said, pray for me. Pray for me. Every morning when I get up, I pray, oh, God, please, God, please don't let me backslide. Don't let me backslide. Don't let me backslide. Oh, please, God, don't let me backslide. Don't let me backslide. Please, God, don't let me backslide. I looked at her and said, are you backslid? She said, uh-huh. I said, here's a thought. Rather than get up and say in a thousand times, don't let me backslide, why don't you get up tomorrow morning and say, God, let me walk in victory and power. Let me live in the presence of God. Let me live with the power and anointing of God. Oh, say, say amen to me, somebody. I'm telling you, you are pre-wiring yourself to never have victory. See, I'm talking about it's tough sometimes. <laughs> if we were up here, Brother Hayden, and we would say, you're never going to get it. Woo! You might as well sit down. Woo! So why is it when we spend 30 minutes saying, come on, come on, God, touch them. You can do this. Go through. We got. Why is it the whole time you're saying in your mind, I'm never going to get it. I might as well just sit down. Because I don't know if you know this, but that's not what we're saying. That's not what we're praying. We're praying for you. We're praying with you. We're believing God for Why don't you accept that it is a gift of God that he wants to fill you? Brother Prescott, it's like that old, it's like that old farmer. You heard about that old farmer? Let me tell you what, man. Tractors broke, wife sick, crop fails, mortgage due. <laughs> he don't know what he's gonna do. But Brian, he gets this great idea. He says, "I know what I'll do. I'll go rob a bank. That's what I'll go do." That boy don't know nothing about them, but he's got it all planned out. He's okay. Here's what I do. Okay. I walk in there, I hand her the bag, I hold up the gun, okay, hand her the bag, hold the gun. I look at the lady and I say, okay, don't mess with me, this is, this is a stick up, that's right, I got it. Hand the bag, point the gun, don't mess with me, this is a stick up. He walks, he walks in that bank, he's so full of fear, he hands her the gun and holds up the bag. He says, don't stick with me, this is a mess up. They're so full of fear. I've seen them. 
so full. Now tell me, now, now you may never have this in North Carolina, but mercy, I've seen this a few times without the fruited plain. Well, Brother Estes, I'm so afraid it's going to be me and not the Lord. And that, oh, you are pre-wiring yourself. Listen, I know it don't want to be flesh. You know it don't want to be flesh. So why don't you ask the Lord, God, let this be you. And then by faith receive what the Lord has for you. Come on, say amen to me. Quit wiring yourself for one more letdown. And young people that need a touch of God. And they're never going to get a touch of God. Because already in their mind, they're thinking it will never be me. I can never go through. It'll never be my church. It'll never be my family. It'll never be. And the Lord brought by a preacher tonight to tell somebody, he hadn't given you that spirit. He's given you power. He's given you love. He's given you sound. Friend, Paul reaches out in love. He lets, he lets them know there's still time to be a partaker of this affliction of the gospel. Listen, there's folks that are out there and they say, yeah, you don't know, brother. That's just, I let down people when they needed me most. Can I tell you there's a merciful God that's letting you know tonight there's still room for you to be a partaker of the affliction of the gospel, of the power of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. There is no fear in love for perfect love casteth out fear. Timothy, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. I'm not going to read into anything, but maybe you did. And Paul's right there saying, hey, Timothy, I love you, son. There's room in this army still for you. Get back in this thing. Pick back up that cross again. Wave that bloodstained banner. Sing them songs as I intercede around that altar. Get back in. You cannot make up for what happened 15 years ago. Cut your losses and you let the devil have them. Pick up today and march on for this army. Get back in here and call upon the name of the thrice holy God and say, Lord, from here on out, I'll live with the power of God in my life. He says in 2 Timothy 2 and 13, If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. That's not saying you can live any way you want and he's just right. No, no, no. But that's simply saying this. If you won't back in, he's here. If you'll come back, he's right there with open arms. <laughs> If you need a way back in, thank God tonight is a good night. Say, Lord, I'm coming home again, and I'm making it right again. And, Lord, there was a time I was so fearful of what people said and what people would think of me, but no longer am I worried of those things. I'll not let the spirit of fear keep me from the power of God. That fear can get in your mind. You'll lay your head on your pillow at night and hear a stick break outside of that window and your night be ruined. I'm not saying you don't take precautions, good mercy knows. Friend, I am telling you that is a bondage that 
God never intended you to live with. Talking to somebody in this. I told Sister Esther, I said, oh, honey, I wish you could, wish you could have been in Poland with me. I said, we, I have met our Slavic grandmother, Sister Lydia. She's precious. She's quite elderly, but quite distinct. You could, now listen, I mean, just pour, pour, pour Job's turkey, we'd say back in Mississippi. Just pour. In fact, whenever it hurt her husband, whenever they show you through their little house, they, they take you to those facilities. And in that bathroom, of course, there's no sink. You just wash your hands over the tub because a sink is a nicety, not a necessity. I mean, y'all don't shout too loud. Y'all loud. Y'all North Carolina. You remember the days before running water inside your house? Right. <laughs> well, she, she's, she's dainty, and and and, and there they, of course, they'd always hold their little teacup or their little things out like that, and just be so poised and so cultured. And they're sitting around with sitting Brother Harvey Morris beside me and the whole bunch of the folks there. And, and she begins to tell them, and of course it's in Polish, and I don't speak Polish, but she says in that Polish language, I said, ooh, ooh, what, what, what did she say? And she goes on and on talking. And she says she comes home one day, and her front door, that she's living in the first floor of an apartment, that front door is slightly ajar open. And she says to herself, ah, oh, we must have company. <laughs> she walks in. She walks in that little entryway and she says, there standing in front of me are three men dressed in black that had broken into that house. Large men. And they all turn around and start staring at me. She said, I, was, I, just, I just froze, even to the point where I couldn't take the smile off my face, but I just looked. And then she took that little bitty hand of hers. And Sister Preston, she hit herself like this three times. Poof, poof, poof. And she said, as I stood there, she said, I never saw anything. But I heard as the first poof hit that man in front, and he falls down to his back. And then the second poof, and then the second man fell. And the poof, and then that third man fell. And she said, and all of a sudden, all those three men rose up again. And she said, this time they were looking, but they weren't looking at me. And she said, those men were staring at something off over my over shoulder here. And she said, about that time, the men started being the ones that shook. And they ran out of that house. Never bothered me again. Took another sip of that tea like it was just another Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, just as, just as dainty as she ever was. Finally, one, finally one of them other ladies looked at her and she says, And Sicily just looks back. She goes, What did she say? And the interpreter says, this first lady says, oh, Sister Lydia, if I saw three men in my house, I would kick them and kick them and kick them. And Sister Lydia looks back and she goes, we don't kick. (laughs) 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 This ain't my battle, it's the Lord's. Amen, this ain't my fight. He is, brother. He's got you. He is Lord. He is sovereign. He is. I want somebody to get a hold and say, the Lord has not given me the spirit of fear. Somebody give him praise. Glory. Glory. I'm trying to close you. 
fear and forgetfulness. Fear and failure. Fear and frailty. Well, you're in 2 Timothy. You can or I will for you turn to 1 Timothy. But in chapter number 5, I'll read it to you. In verse number 23, it goes on to say this. Drink no longer water. It moves on and says, For thy stomach's sake and thine often infirmities. Here is a man who was sickly. Now, let me ask you this. Was he afraid because he was sickly or was he sickly because he was afraid? Now, hear me. Not every sickness means a man has a spirit of fear wrong. But I can tell you a spirit of fear can lead to someone being chronically sick. Men's hearts failing them for fear. I can't explain this. But it gets in that mind. It works its way all the way down to that heart. I had a preacher friend tell me years ago, he's retired now. He said, now his, when he was a boy, his daddy was not a saved man. And one of the favorite things his dad loved to do, his dad would go to work. The first thing in the morning, Brother John, he'd look around. He'd find one of them. And he'd walk up to somebody at work and he'd say, are you feeling okay? No, seriously, are you feeling okay? You sure? You look pale as cotton. Are you sure? Listen, if you don't feel good, you let me know. I'll cover for you this afternoon, okay? That 10, 15 break would run around. He'd look at me again and say, oh, my goodness. Son, you don't look good. I'm sorry. I don't know what you. Man, he looks sick. He said, not every time, but the majority of times. By 12 noon, that man's going home sick as a dog. And all it takes is a devil to whisper in your ear. What's that pain? Boy, that's what's that? Good mercy, forget the devil. All you need is a half-witted doctor. <laughs> Does he not know that that phrase, we found a spot, is a near-death sentence for most of us? We found a spot. Everybody said, well, that's it. It's over. No, it ain't. All he said was he found a spot. Let me tell you something. You may find your spot. You need to go back to the spot God promised you. That by his stripes you're healed. Say amen. Come on. Say amen. So, amen. I'm telling you, he's allowing this to get in his heart and mind. It's ruining this young boy. But Before we walk in this house and beat our chest as if we've never had to fight this beast. Whether you know it or not, there's people all in this house from all the way back there to all the way up here that's had to face that beast. And if you ain't ever been through that battle, don't you shrug your shoulders at them and say, get over it. It is destructive. It is debilitating. It is decrepiting. Boy, I know these messages get everywhere, okay? So, okay, tonight, it's just you, me, and probably the Internet, right? It's all over the house, wherever these things go. But let me tell you something, okay? I'm 36 years old at the time. That was many moons ago. I'm a young evangelist. I'm preaching my heart out. I got three kids, and it's just one of those times in life. Man, have you ever been there? It was like this. It's like... <gasps> <gasps> I'm dangerous. I'm dangerous. 
there in my life. In the middle of that night, all I can tell you is it feels like you take a hammer, reared back and hit me square in the chest. And this sharp pain shooting down that arm. And the only thing going through my mind, Brother Brian, is I'm about to die with a heart attack right here in this room. Do I just lay in this bed, let it happen, or do I try to get up and call my bride and let my babies know it's over? Man, I mean, I'm up all night, Brother Brown. And that next morning, I go out to eat with that pastor. And he's a very caring man. You would know him if I said his name. And I said, listen, I just need to be real honest with this. Here's what, here's what happened last night. He was very kind. He said, Brother Estes, you don't play games with that. That's serious. You go home, take care. I'll cover for you. We'll close out revival tonight. I'll just say something, come up. And he was gracious. He was so gracious. And I'm going back to Mississippi. And have you ever been there? You know, you run on that thing. You know, they got that dye going through you. And you, they're taking pictures of your heart every single which way you can imagine. However long it is, weeks, good night, it seems like months, before they finally get back with you. And they call, and they look at us, look at me, and call, Mr. Estes, we just want to let you know, everything's fine with your heart. The only thing we think we can account it to is, wait for it, wait for it, drum roll, drum roll. That's it, right? Stress. Which, by the way, stress is a 21st century sophisticated word for fear. That's all it is. I'd love to tell you I was an iron man and never went there, but God helped me. Lord, I was in the bed and I began to pray, God, you got to help me. That is not the will of God for a child of God to put himself in that kind of position. God got to help me. And I didn't want to hear it. Man, I didn't even like hearing it. But I needed to hear it. And that old preacher puts his finger in my face and said, Son, I want to remind you, worry is a mild form of atheism. Oh, God. Either he is God or he is not. Either he is sovereign or he is not. Either he is powerful or he is not. Either he is El Shaddai or he is not. Either he is the great I am. God, you are. You are. You are. You are. You are. Somebody give him praise. Glory! I'm going to take him at his word. I'm going to believe him at his word. I'm going to trust his word. Somebody give him praise. Stand with me all over this house and lift up holy hands. Glory! Lord, Lord, I've been giving you that spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And I'm talking to somebody tonight. It may have been trying to scrape against your soul on the way in, 
but it don't have to touch you on the way out. <laughs> Somebody slip your hands up to heaven one more time and give him glory and praise and honor. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice and give him glory. That's a praise him, church. Praise and pray. Praise and praise. If you've never fought it, you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> if you've been through those valleys and you've been through those things you know friend and if you've lived a tale you can look back and say he brought me a mighty long way <laughs> my rock my shield my fortress now friend can I tell you I believe there's some perhaps many that's in this place tonight and if you would be honest with God you would say, I've been fighting this. But God's brought me in his providence here in this house tonight to come to touch my life, to let his word have illumination in my soul and to me, to me to leave different than how I come in. So I'm going to open up these altars to whosoever would. And if you'd be willing to come down and lift up holy hands and believe God to touch you in that battle, I believe God's going to meet you right where you are. Come on, every last one that would. Can we come forward? Can we lift up holy hands? Amen. Some of you are fighting this. You need to step out. Some of you are battling this. You need to step out. Some of you are going through that valley. You need to step out. You need to trust the Lord. You need to believe God. You need to touch God tonight. <laughs>